Selections from the Dolorous Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ From the Visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich Continuing Chapter 3 Jesus is Arrested When the cruel soldiers who led our Lord were near the gates of Ophel, he again fell and appeared unable to proceed a step farther, upon which one among them, being moved to compassion, said to another, You see, the poor man is perfectly exhausted. He cannot support himself with the weight of his chains. If we wish to get him to the high priest alive, we must loosen the cords with which his hands are bound, that he may be able to save himself a little when he falls. The band stopped for a moment. The fetters were loosened, and another kind-hearted soldier brought some water to Jesus from a neighboring fountain. Jesus thanked him and spoke of the fountains of living water of which those who believed in him should drink. But his words enraged the Pharisees still more, and they overwhelmed him with insults. I saw the heart of the soldier who had caused Jesus to be unbound, as also that of the one who had brought him water, suddenly illuminated by grace. They were both converted before the death of Jesus, and immediately joined his disciples. The procession started again, and reached the gate of Ophel. Here Jesus was again saluted by the cries of grief and sympathy of those who owed him so much gratitude, and the soldiers had considerable difficulty in keeping back the men and women who crowded round him from all parts. They clasped their hands, fell on their knees, lamented and exclaimed, Release this man unto us! Release him! Who will assist? Who will console us? Who will cure our diseases? Release him unto us! It was indeed heart-rending to look upon Jesus. His face was white, disfigured and wounded, his hair disheveled, his dress wet and soiled, and his savage and drunken guards were dragging him about and striking him with sticks like a poor dumb animal led to the slaughter. Thus was he conducted through the midst of the afflicted inhabitants of Ophel, and the paralytic whom he had cured, the dumb to whom he had restored speech, and the blind, whose eyes he had opened, united but in vain in offering supplications for his release. Many persons from among the lowest and most degraded classes had been sent by Annas, Caiaphas, and the other enemies of Jesus to join the procession and assist the soldiers both in ill-treating Jesus and in driving away the inhabitants of Awful. The guards never ceased their cruel treatment of our divine Savior, and excused such conduct by saying that the crowds who gathered together in front of the procession compelled them to severity. Jesus fell seven times between Mount Olivet and the house of Annas. The inhabitants of Ophel were still in a state of consternation and grief when the sight of the Blessed Virgin, who passed through the village accompanied by the holy women and some other friends on her way from the valley of Kedron to the house of the mother of Mark, excited them still more, and they made the place re-echo with sobs and lamentations while they surrounded and almost carried her in their arms. Mary was speechless from grief and did not open her lips after she reached the house of Mary, the mother of Mark, until the arrival of John, who related all he had seen since Jesus left the supper room. And a little later she was taken to the house of Martha, which was near that of Lazarus. Peter and John, who had followed Jesus at a distance, 
went in haste to some servants of the high priest, with whom the latter was acquainted, in order to endeavor by their means to obtain admittance into the tribunal where their master was to be tried. These servants acted as messengers, and had just been ordered to go to the houses of the ancients and other members of the council, to summon them to attend the meeting which was convoked. As they were anxious to oblige the apostles, but foresaw much difficulty in obtaining their admittance into the tribunal, they gave them cloaks similar to those they themselves wore, and made them assist in carrying messages to the members, in order that afterwards they might enter the tribunal of Caiaphas and mingle without being recognized among the soldiers and false witnesses, as all other persons were to be expelled. As Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea, and other well-intentioned persons were members of this council, the apostles undertook to let them know what was going to be done in the council, thus securing the presence of those friends of Jesus whom the Pharisees had purposely omitted to invite. In the meantime, Judas wandered up and down the steep and wild precipices at the south of Jerusalem. Despair marked on his every feature, and the devil pursuing him to and fro, filling his imagination with still darker visions, and not allowing him a moment's respite. Chapter 4 Means employed by the enemies of Jesus for carrying out their designs against him. No sooner was Jesus arrested than Annas and Caiaphas were informed and instantly began to arrange their plans with regard to the course to be pursued. Confusion speedily reigned everywhere. The rooms were lighted up in haste, guards placed at the entrances, and messengers dispatched to different parts of the town to convoke the members of the council, the scribes, and all who were to take part in the trial. Many among them had, however, assembled at the house of Caiaphas as soon as the treacherous compact with Judas was completed, and had remained there to await the course of events. The different classes of ancients were likewise assembled, and as the Pharisees, Sadducees, and Herodians were congregated in Jerusalem from all parts of the country for the celebration of the festival, and had long been concerning measures with the council for the arrest of our Lord, the high priests now sent for those whom they knew to be the most bitterly opposed to Jesus, and desired them to assemble the witnesses, gathering together every possible proof, and bringing all before the council. The proud Sadducees, whom Jesus had so often reproved before the people, were actually dying for revenge. They hastened to all the inns to seek out those persons whom they knew to be enemies of our Lord, and offered them bribes in order to secure their appearance. But, with the exception of a few ridiculous calumnies, which were certain to be disproved as soon as investigated, nothing tangible could be brought forth against Jesus, excepting indeed those foolish accusations which he had so often refuted in the synagogue. The enemies of Jesus hastened, however, to the tribunal of Caiaphas, escorted by the scribes and Pharisees of Jerusalem, and accompanied by many of those merchants whom our Lord drove out of the temple when they were holding market there as also by the proud doctors whom he had silenced before all the people, and even by some who could not forgive the humiliation of being convicted of error when he disputed with them in the temple at the age of twelve. There was likewise a large body of impenitent sinners whom he had refused to cure, relapsed sinners 
whose diseases had returned, worldly young men whom he would not receive as disciples, avaricious persons whom he had enraged by causing the money which they had been in hopes of possessing to be distributed in alms. Others there were whose friends he had cured and who had thus been disappointed in their expectations of inheriting property, the Bashis whose victims he had converted, and many despicable characters who made their fortunes by flattering and fostering the vices of the great. All these emissaries of Satan were overflowing with rage against everything holy, and consequently with an indescribable hatred of the holy of holies. They were further incited by the enemies of our Lord, and therefore assembled in crowds round the place of Caiaphas, to bring forward all their false accusations, and to endeavor to cover with infamy that spotless Lamb who took upon himself the sins of the world and accepted the burden in order to reconcile man with God. Whilst all these wicked beings were busily consulting as to what was best to be done, anguish and anxiety filled the hearts of the friends of Jesus, for they were ignorant of the mystery which was about to be accomplished, and they wandered about sighing and listening to every different opinion. Each word they uttered gave rise to feelings of suspicion on the part of those whom they addressed, and if they were silent, their silence was set down as wrong. Many well-meaning but weak and undecided characters yielded to temptation, were scandalized, and lost their faith. Indeed, the number of those who persevered was very small indeed. Things were the same then as they oftentimes are now. Persons were willing to serve God if they met with no opposition from their fellow creatures, but were ashamed of the cross if held in contempt by others. The hearts of some were, however, touched by the patience displayed by our Lord in the midst of his sufferings, and they walked away silent and sad. Chapter 5 A Glance at Jerusalem The customary prayers and preparations for the celebration of the festival being completed, the greatest part of the inhabitants of the densely populated city of Jerusalem, as also the strangers congregated there, were plunged in sleep after the fatigues of the day, when all at once the arrest of Jesus was announced, and everyone was aroused, both his friends and foes, and numbers immediately responded to the summons of the high priest, and left their dwellings to assemble at his court. The steps of all were directed toward Zion, and an attentive listener might have heard persons stop at the doors of their friends and knock in order to awaken them, then hurry on and set off anew in haste toward Zion. Many persons were much alarmed and feared an insurrection, while a thousand different propositions were made and opinions given. Many persons spoke of Jesus and his followers in a contemptuous manner. Others held very different opinions. But the number of those daring openly to avow their admiration for Jesus was but small. It appeared to me that I saw feelings of hatred and fury burst forth in different parts of the city under the form of flames, which flames traversed the streets united with others which they met, and proceeded in the direction of Zion, increasing every moment, 
and at last came to a stop beneath the tribunal of Caiaphas, where they remained, forming together a perfect whirlwind of fire. This has been taken from The Dolorous Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, from the Visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, published by Tan Books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or find them on the web at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature. Right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network, news and talk for Catholic and other Christians. <laughs>